Hello, listeners. Just listeners today. <laughs> um, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are doing our very first audio-only um, recording for the On The Wind podcast. So a real podcast. A real podcast. <laughs> um, normally, um, On The Wind streams for, for our Twitch, just for um, Wim Indie content, as well as, um, and then we can put it on YouTube. Um, we'll still put it on YouTube and Spotify every Tuesday at 8 p.m., so stay tuned for that. Pacific time. Pacific right. time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, one, I'm your co-host, Paul Vela. Jabari Lewis-Smith. And we are welcoming our very first guest co-host, the wonderful, the illustrious, the... Elusive. Elusive? <laughs> The confused, the opposite of charming. What is the opposite of charming? <laughs> the royal pain in the beef. We can blow, we can cuss and then bleep it out later. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna save editing costs on that. And um, Grover Wimberly the Fourth. Hi. We've we've mentioned him many a times. He's been he's been popping in as a as a moderator and. We're happy to have him on our recording session today. I, I would angrily comment on Twitch every now and then when you guys get facts wrong. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But are you, though? Are you really? There, there's a little bit of truth in every joke. Don't we say that sometimes? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So normally this would be the part where I talk about, you know, the stream etiquette and how we're not interacting with, you know, the chat. But guess what? There is no chat to interact with. So I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Um... For once, the tech issues <laughs> have committed to this. <laughs> so, Grover, how how's it feel being back in California? I understand that you've been in a self-imposed exile in Nevada for a few for months. For a few months. This is yeah. my first day back, um, and I, I wanted to make sure that I came back to California with uh, kind of a lot of uh, safety measures, right? Um, that, when I was stuck in Nevada, I needed to get some car repairs, and I didn't want to do that during the... The pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, the governor of Nevada, uh, Steve Sisolak, he started opening things up in phases. Um, and while car repair places were never really closed, so to say, I live by myself and I don't, you know, most people have like a ride or there's a shuttle and there was none of that going on, right? So, if I were to drop my car off somewhere, I need to kind of stay there. And I didn't want to do that during the pandemic. So, um, you know, when, when I had the proper safety attire, the mask, and, and I knew that I, I could go at a time where I'm like, I'm really by myself, right? I went and got my car repaired and then I was able to kind of finally come out here. Um, but Southern California, Southern California was on lockdown a lot stricter than Nevada. Mm -hmm. um, Nevada didn't was never really under a very strict lockdown, um, but they did close casinos, right? And casinos are their primary source of, of income for the majority of Nevada residents, mm -hmm. right? That's just that's just the, the state of things, right? Um, but uh, so you know everything. A lot of a lot of Nevada's closed, but you know they started slowly opening up things again, and uh, that's when I was like, okay, I haven't been out here in a while. I'm gonna try to come out here and uh, and uh, see how things are out here um, while still being safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, funny thing. So there's a lot of like now there's casinos being opened right now, like in Morongo, here in California, is open down. My dad is trying to go there. He 
is the last person that should be there. He just got out of the hospital like oh, two no. weeks ago. <laughs> but he wants to go, yeah. But yeah, there's other places like in San Diego as well, Viejas. And I'm just like, is that really the smartest way? See, I, I heard I heard Morongo was open again when I heard it through the gas station. Me too. Yeah. And I'm like, how did that happen, right? right? Because um, our studio is very close to the San Manuel Casino, and they announced that they were they're still closed until July, and they, they announced, announced layoffs, layoffs and furloughs, right? And uh, I was like, okay, man, you know, San Manuel's doing this. Why is Morongo open? Is you know, Riverside County? That's a you know, it's a different jurisdiction but it's like well like do you know anything i know you worked at riverside county for a while i, I from from just awareness it's it has probably to do with demographics of the area where morong was more secluded in the middle of the desert sure on the way to palm springs yeah, so if anyone's anyone listening is not aware of where we are geographically in california so when we say san Bernardino redlands people usually look at us like we're crazy <laughs> so usually the point of comparison I said have you ever driven from LA to Palm Springs and they're like yeah I live in the middle of that yeah which is pretty it, much it, the middle point between LA and Palm Springs mm-hmm. so along this freeway along this corridor sits Morongo it's a big casino um the Morongo tribe of, of the Morongo band of Indians yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they they call themselves out so I'm not trying to you know impose any they just the t- there's the title right right so just because of where they are in the middle of nowhere and the nearest thing to them is outlets because that's you know the outlet is right up, you know yeah, yeah, five, yeah, ten yeah. miles ten minutes away yeah so while san manuel is in the middle of san Bernardino, yeah. which you know is, is, is one of the most you know, not the hardest hit but it's the city center it's the population the county seat so it's a crossroads of a lot of different different the things, two yeah. the 210 the 215 the mm-hmm. 15 all these things meet in the middle here and i think it would look bad if the number starts spiking exactly. and then you look at the casino being open it just wouldn't be a good look mm-hmm. right so i think the seminole band of mission indians or whatever their their title is i'm all respect to them i don't know what their title is <laughs> um i just think they're they're taking that into account and working well with the city leaders because they've always been a good about that stuff one thing that um they, they're trying to start opening up uh, Vegas casinos uh, on uh, June 1st. And a lot of uh, casinos are they're, they're developing plans on like, how are we going to reopen? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Um, and, you know, one of the big things is like every other casino machine is being removed. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced that Treasure Island, as of this recording, Treasure Island, they said permanently no more buffet. That's uh, right. So, right? Uh, so they're replacing uh, the buffet with a sports betting thing. Um, station station casinos, which I, I know uh, you guys have been to my house. Um, and I'm, I'm right next to one of the station casinos, the Green Valley Casino. Mm-hmm. Like they're only opening up in phases. Um, and like not all of them are opening up at once. Only the big ones are opening up. Um, and uh, yeah, so like like one of the big things that are going to be going away is the whole um, buffets. Ah, yeah. And no. What are we going to do in Vegas? <laughs> and that's the thing. That was, that was my big draw to, to, to Vegas, right? When I was, you know, I'm, I'm almost 30 now, but when I moved there, I was uh, either 23 or 24. And it's like, yeah, I'm a bachelor. Like, I, I don't want to cook. I don't want to do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was in a completely different frame of mindset then. And I was like, you know, I'll just go out and, and go to buffets every night. 
and you know i was i was skinny <laughs> as a rail back then uh not so much anymore no nope. <laughs> that metabolism you know, that metabolism <laughs> caught up with me right and uh so i'm like yeah i just went out and went to every station casino every casino on the strip and went out to the buffets and you know i i had a really good time and you know the, the new generation of people that are going to grow up in a post uh corona virus pandemic world are gonna grow up without having you know buffets and all you can eat and all that thing because we're all going to be for, for the better we're, we're all going to be concerned about our health right mm -hmm. um and you know a, a, a lot of it's going to affect the way we do a lot of things um did you guys hear about the changes to the golden corral at least the immediate changes no 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 they they well they reopened in in uh in vegas and they changed like a cafeteria style program mm. uh -huh. I, I don't know exactly how that works but it's like yeah it's either that or go out of business because buffets are still closed in the majority of states right because mm -hmm. like i guess somebody is like you you go down a, a line a, a socially distant line and i think somebody serves you food right instead of you getting cafeteria, style. cafeteria yeah. style makes sense people are really yeah, adapting um, with soup, this soup plantation uh mm -hmm. which is out here but it's called sweet tomatoes in nevada that, that was, yeah, yeah completely Act. gone yeah. yeah because the majority of their clientele were seniors right mm -hmm. and they would be most devastated by this pandemic and uh um and yeah the, you can't just you can't get all you can eat soup anymore it's just not that's not healthy <laughs> right and not cost effective either because you're throwing away a lot of food you know every every x amount of hours right mm -hmm. you know there's every county has different health and safety standards right but for the most part you can't keep serving food that's been out all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking at the effects not only health-wise, but then maybe for the better economically and what's it called? Sustain sustainability, right? Where, mm -hmm. where we're getting more and more conscious about that stuff. And it's not a scary word anymore, or at least not for our generation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, uh, when I was out in Nevada, like I, I always have a feed of like Southern California news going because mm -hmm. I want to see what's going on at home, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just local news laws can't have that over the air, but I, I stream it through my computer. Anyway, the point is that, that uh, Orange County, which is where I used to work with my very first day job, mm -hmm. uh, it's very, very conservative, super, super conservative. And, um, you know, they showed Huntington Beach, which uh, they're like, oh, yeah, they have all these people protesting, like, mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, agreed. This is just completely insane. Yeah, all the Karens out there. Karen, <laughs> what's the male equivalent of a Karen? The male equivalent. Oh, I never we've, thought. We've, we've come up with it. We've come up with different. Uh, I heard Chad. 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 <laughs> the implications. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just think Chads of some... and Kevin's. Chads and Kevin's. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin. There's the first one. Uh, uh, sorry, apologies to any Kevin's out there. Um, we have a Kevin that currently works for us. This is not you. You're cool, um, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. But uh, yeah. no, I know a few good Kevin. So yeah. Really? Okay. I, I know more bad I know. No, I know more good games than bad games. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Oh, there. fair enough. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so you still consider the San Bernardino area home? Oh, absolutely. Like you, you say you live in Vegas, but mm -hmm. this is home for you. Um. It, well, okay. So I'm, I'm technically uh, a California resident, mm -hmm. right? I'm a California resident that works in Nevada. But, a, uh, an expat, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, uh, I am I 
I would like to say I split my time between the two, but when, during this pandemic, as soon as California went on lockdown, I went to Nevada, and I stayed in Nevada <laughs> um, until Nevada went on lockdown, and then I was like, okay, I'm not going anywhere at all. Right. Um, because when when I the last time I left California, um, it was like, oh, California has like triple digit cases, and Nevada has single digit cases. I'm like. It makes more sense for me to just go back out there, and then with the with the way that things grow and change, that those numbers went up drastically. Right. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna do my part. I'm not leaving my house. I learned how to order groceries. To, like, I didn't have a mask at that time, um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people like, oh, I'm not wearing a mask because I'm free. I just I just <laughs> didn't have a mask, right? So I I didn't leave. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Um, I got my gro- I learned how to get my groceries delivered. Um, You're not a sheep. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. I ordered from uh, I ordered from Kroger, right? Uh, which is it's Ralph's out here in Southern California, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Smiths and in, in, uh, the Nevada, Kroger brand of Kroger brand of thing. Mm-hmm. They they have not adjusted their their way to to for online ordering. They've they've changed their they've changed their model like in the store where you can order. Where you can order things at, you know, six feet, checkout lines, they put up the things and that's all great. But when I, most of the stuff that I order, like I get like uh, Fresno peppers and like all these really like, like specialty, really spicy stuff to put in my food, right? They didn't have any of that on their online store, but I knew that they had them in, in the store, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you guys don't really, they're, they're not taking their inventory that well. So like I, I tried online grocery shopping and I hope if anything from this pandemic, uh, a positive note, I hope that uh, grocery stores improve that the way they handle online ordering. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried ordering from Walmart neighborhood markets. I know they used to have one out here in San Bernardino, but it closed. There's one of them, Melinda. There's one of yeah. Melinda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ordered it from there, and they they were they were pretty good. The only downside is so many people were doing it. Like I ordered on Monday, and it, it didn't get delivered until Friday. Ooh, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, oh. they, they still got the groceries and stuff ready on Friday. Yeah. But it was still a four-day wait, and I still had to pay $10 in delivery fees. Dang. Yeah, at, at that point, I, like, I'll go to my local warehouse store, and, you know, as soon as it opens, you queue up maybe right. 15 minutes before it opens. But I didn't have a mask then, right? So right. it's like, the first thing is, okay, I'm gonna, I, I, got a, I bought a mask, and then mm-hmm. I started going out in person again. I was like, okay, online ordering for groceries, not ready yet. Mm-hmm. I hope that uh, that improves. Uh, along with a lot of things that you know need to, we talked in the last few podcasts, Rari, about um the need to improve our our social awareness of, of um protecting others from what we have. You know, like you catch a cold, mm-hmm. it should be normalized that you wear a mask at work. Yes. Whereas now it's seen negatively. You know, where you know you need to everyone needs to be able to see your face, kind of. Thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's more normalized, you know, kind of Japanese model. Exactly. Yeah, I was about to say that because um, when uh, I went to Japan once in uh, 2015, and uh, you know everybody wore a mask there, like when I was on the street, uh, walking on the sidewalk, and, and that was that was normal, right? Um, and you know if you wore up until this year, if you wore outside in the U.S., people think. You know, for for me, um, and I hate to say it, but for me, people would think like, are, are you stealing something? Why are you like trying to conceal your face? You know, no, that's okay. it'll be a, it'll be a racist mm-hmm. thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, people follow me around in stores and like stuff like that, and without not, a mask, without <laughs> either either with or without a yeah. mask, right? 
And um, I, I knew that if I'm walking around the store in a mask, especially with what's been happening with, with you know, people being shot and whatnot for just walking down the street, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't feel safe walking around with a mask on. Can't right? stable in here. And it's a different type of not feeling safe. It's not feeling safe because of coronavirus, but it's not feeling safe because people, you know, already make, look at me and make assumptions, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I just like, I, I like, if I had to go outside with a mask on, I'm just not going outside at all. Yeah. Where, where would you? Yeah. yeah. Not, not being, like, I'm not being a Chad or a Karen or anything. I'm just not, not <laughs> going outside. There's just someone concerned for their own safety. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But in a different way. In a different way. Yeah. So that's life update from Grover. How about you, Jabari? How's, how's <laughs> life been during this? Terrible. Everything's on fire at home. <laughs> Every, everything's on fire. I can I can relate. I, I really can. Um, oh shoot. But yeah, life still adapting to this whole situation. Uh you know, not working in LA anymore, not being able to um just really go out too much. It's really changed my work ethic period like i feel like um my my whole sleeping schedule right now is okay i'm up at 6 p.m that's when my day starts and i work Where throughout the whole day? night <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's sometimes i'm like i'm 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 about to go to bed mm -hmm. and uh i hear dings on my phone and i'm like that must be jabari uh, and sure enough, it's, you know jabari 3 a.m hey guys i did this this that and this that and the other thing i'm like I will answer this at 8 a.m. and I go back to sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I usually get, I, you see the same message as Jabari, and I'm like, I will address this when I wake up in the morning. Yeah, sure. At night. Insert wall of text here. I don't know about you guys, but um, I, you know, I, Paul, I know you're, you've been working from, from home for your day job. Mm -hmm. um, when uh, I, I typically work from uh, seven to about four o'clock for my my day job, um, mm -hmm. and um, by the time I, I get off work, um, and I, I I'm just so tired, I like and I was like I you know I don't want to do anything, and you know I know it's for me maybe it's for me not getting enough sunlight or whatever, you know from not going outside. But I'm just so tired, I just go to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I just feel like. You know, I, I, I don't want to make like uh, like an Ellen DeGeneres like thing, you know, comparison saying it's like jail. I don't think it's anything like that. But um, she said that. Oh, well. OK, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. But um, but, you Gotta know, keep swimming. Um, I, you know, it's just not not being able to go outside, not being able to do, to do things. And I'm an introverted person. Mm -hmm. um, but still, it's like I, I just feel so tired that it's like okay, I I, I just want to get some rest and go to sleep. <laughs> I, I hear you on that one. Yeah. 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 I was. I was gonna say, oh, Grover, you're just getting old, but it sounds like different. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember Maybe. usually when you get off from work, you usually sleep for like an hour or so, right? Yeah. And I, then I, you I, yeah. wake up and start working on whatever else. Yeah. But now do. I just sleep for like, like I, I canceled a few meetings last week because I was just like, guys, I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm, I'm just exhausted, you know? Mm -hmm. we, we covered that a few podcasts ago, I think episode six or five or anything. <laughs> <laughs> time and episodes are the, time is irrelevant at this point right? uh -huh. we covered that um that the whole piece of that right where we're 
we aren't knowing where we we're going. We don't we don't know where we've been. The days just blur together. We don't know what episode it is. We don't know what <laughs> what channel we're on, right? Yeah. It's just we're just we're just surviving at this point and and re-entry, reopening the you know it's gonna look different for every single person involved, right? Mm -hmm. and it's gonna it's definitely gonna be interesting going forward. I can't Indeed. think of I can't think of one person or occupation or anything that wasn't affected one way or another by this whole thing. And that's that's something that, I mean, we have, like, that's not been the issue, I feel, since like almost World War II, right? Where that, that, that some kind of worldwide thing that has affected somebody one way or another in everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. No matter where you're at. You know, even, like, I, I would say it even affects Antarctica. It, it even affects Antarctica, right? <laughs> and I'll get to it because right, he's right. they're igloos. No, they're not igloos in Antarctica. We've had the biggest decrease in in pollution mm -hmm. because nobody's going and driving anywhere, right? Yeah. So you know, there, there's been this the whole big push of you know electric vehicles and and carpooling and everything. But the only thing that that and I, I, I hate to be making light of this whole thing, right? Because this is still a very serious epi uh, uh, pandemic, right? right? But we've had this biggest decrease in, uh, in, in, in gases, like greenhouse gases and things like that, from, from people just not going anywhere, right. not doing anything. Um, and uh, I hate to say it's because of, you know, the, 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 the failings of, of people who run this whole thing, but... Um, but yeah, but it is. But it's, it's, going to, it's going to affect like the long-term effects. Is like we've probably saved a, a year or two on ocean levels rising and, and things like that, which is which is great for the you know the worldwide um, scope of things. Scope of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, like you were saying earlier, nothing nothing's escaped being affected by it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Jabari can attest to this more, but you know, the entertainment industry getting hit hardest. Jabari, how's that? How's that looking for like re-entry? It's not looking good, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been uh, keeping up too much with it, but um, every once in a while, um, articles pop up, and it seems like um, I think ninety percent of production has been cut. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, this summer they were trying. To, they've been booking different venues and stuff because they have to finish what they started uh, right. before this pandemic. But um, you know, it doesn't seem like it's lifting up. It seems like uh, they're going to get started back up in fall. In fall. Yeah, but it's still going to be a lot of productions that can't film because they require a lot of people on set to make their scene to make everything work. So um, I think a lot of people are already going to just lose jobs. All the jobs that are out there, probably at least 75% of the jobs are going to be cut. Because that haven't already been cut. Yeah, that haven't been cut already. Okay. I've so been, I've been watching a lot of the people sport, right? Judge, <laughs> Judge Marilyn Millian, right? Uh -huh. uh, yeah. Uh, what else is on TV while I'm working, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, she's like, we're taking court, we're taking court cases from home, right? And you, you know, a lot of people don't think about it, but those people that you see in the audience, right? Those aren't people that that mm -hmm. that want to be there. Those are the the cases are real in most cases, right? And and like people's court judge Judy, that kind of thing. The case the cases are real. They might exaggerate it a little bit or whatever. A little, <laughs> but but um, the the people that go into the audience, 
are 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 paid paid actors because they they want people to be able to be quiet and to accept what the producers are telling them, like you know, okay. act like you're talking or whatever. Yeah, sorry, not one of those. Sorry, sorry to anybody. <laughs> you, <laughs> what? You, you're telling me Judge Judy isn't a real judge? Well, I mean, she no, is. No, no, she was. She was a real judge. She was, yeah. It's not a real court case where it's, you know, legally bound. I mean, it is, but contract. So, so it's a, it's about 50-50, right? Right. Um, so some of the some of the shows they put like little disclaimers at the end, like if they're fake, they'll say like, hey, this is this is all a setup. Mm -hmm. um, but like um, other other shows will do that. But because that it, you know there's none of that going on, it's like well, who's going to fill these things? You know, if they're taking court cases from home. They don't need. They don't the need studio that. Studio audience, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, or like, think of like the tonight, the, the Tonight Show or Late Night, right? They've been all the late night shows have been doing uh, episodes from home, right? Mm -hmm. And they have. It's not just actors, but it's also production assistants and things like that. It's like PAs, they, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's no need for that mm -hmm. right now, and um, and it, it just really sucks. Um, yeah. To to have to deal with with. All, all those jobs that people don't really think about are, are kind of out of work. Exactly. No, no, for sure, yeah. I do enjoy watching Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. <laughs> he just oh. sounds like he's just talking crap about everything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of ridiculous. The thing, the thing about like uh, Trevor Noah and John Oliver, right? Mm -hmm. um, they, they both, they're both kind of, they were both outsiders, right? And then they came to America, and then they, they see like, holy crap, you know, every, you know, this is a, you know, this is one of the um how to say it like the united states is like the country that a lot of people want to come to for for a better chance at life and, mm -hmm. and then they see how like we have our own share of problems and mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting to be like wow how do you guys just put up with this time in and time out you know <laughs> um so uh yeah um, i mean the old adage right the grass is, isn't always greener across the pond <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you could say it like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just, just like you know they don't do it as much now. But it's like they would always say like you Americans <laughs> need to get it together. Right. Right? Uh, I think Samantha B did that too because she's Canadian, um, and she was she was like when when she likes some like, like when they like something then they like. Like, oh yeah, we did it, we did it. But when something goes wrong, it's like, you Americans, <laughs> you guys did did this wrong. I don't know why I'm here. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's the easy card rhythm to pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we it's we when it's good, but it's, it's you guys when, when it's, it's bad. bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now okay, I, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but despite this low entertainment, right? The the whole Halton production, projects are still being announced. There's still like things planned, things in the works. Mm -hmm. Like this past week, it was announced that um, they're releasing the fabled Zack Snyder cut of the debacle that was Justice League. Did you guys see Justice League? The DCU? I didn't see it. So um, I know Paul knows this, um, but my dad is a huge comic book fan. Huge. Right? Huge. Huge. Absolutely. Makes us look normal. Makes us look normal. <laughs> His office and surrounded so by action figures and yeah, yeah. limited what? limited edition. I've never seen it. Yeah, you yeah. haven't been to the Intersect? Uh oh. Yeah. No so. one's allowed back there because it's a mess. Oh, well, it's a mess. And it's, yeah. 
but so so oh. long, long story short um that now i want to uh, see more yeah, sorry yeah so so we so it's a it's a it's a pretty much a family tradition that whenever a big uh, comic book movie comes out mm-hmm. like the, the sunday morning of like uh, you know me and my dad and my brother we would go out I would, I would come out from vegas on the, the weekend near the release and the sunday morning we would go and see the movies right mm-hmm. we would my brother and my dad would analyze how faithful they were to the comics and what was good and what was bad about it um and usually the marvel movies are pretty good um but i i'm kind of harsh on them because uh, i feel like they're a lot of the same story with the change in powers right um especially when they were kind of going through their origin story phase right it's like okay doctor strange is the same as captain marvel right like you just change the actor change some of the characters and change the power but it's the same story um but now i i feel like marvel's moving in i'm gonna get to the dc thing definitely but i feel like marvel's moving in the direction that they're finally out of the origin story phase right to where they can play uh a moviegoer knows who these people are now, right? They've mm-hmm. become so mainstream. They don't need to do a retelling of the character except for Spider-Man every five years, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, so where, so, so why does what does my Marvel rant have to do with with um, a DC with DC movie? Or, DC movie? So, um, I feel like DC wanted to capitalize on a lot of Marvel's success by having a shared universe mm-hmm. um, where they, you know, they introduce each each. Um, each uh, hero individually, mm-hmm. and then they they come come in at the for the final movie, right? But Avengers I, I feel, right, I, yeah. But you know, Marvel took four or five years and probably over ten years of planning to get this whole thing right. Correct. And DC sees what Marvel's doing. They're like, we could do this bigger and better and faster. But <laughs> they, but it wasn't co- there. Was, it, there wasn't any coherent connection between them correct all of them right um they tried to do they tried to introduce the new batman through a superman crossover film rather than him having his own movie origin right? story and all that, yeah. but but the thing is he had his own origin story and it was christian bale from from 2007 to whatever right it was the batman begins dark knight rises uh dark knight rises again <laughs> no dark knight and dark, dark knight rises yeah yeah yeah. Dark knight, dark knight. yeah 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 my bad and so, so you know, we had Bat- I, I saw Batman versus Superman, and when they all did the whole Martha, Martha, <laughs> how you know Martha? Where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? <laughs> uh, no, no, that was that was uh, Dark Knight. That was Dark Knight Rachel. <laughs> see, I never seen this movie, so for me, this is. Oh, I'm you guys, are, no. Oh, I'm not. I'm probably not going to see it, oh. but this is. This is how I'm imaging in my head. Whatever you so, guys do, so, I'm like, this sounds like a terrible movie. I, do you mind if I spoil? No, go for it. Go okay. for it. So, spoil spoil it yeah. If you haven't seen these movies, yeah. If you have not seen uh, Batman versus Superman, please stop the, uh, the or stream. Or Justice right League. Or just oh yeah, I don't oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Batman versus Superman, they're fighting and fighting and fighting, and uh, I think uh, one of them was about to put like the final blow to the but, other. Yeah, one. Batman had researched kryptonite as Superman's like weakness, right? So, for whatever reason, Batman decides that Superman's got too much power. I need to get away from him. Yeah, so he's about to do the final blow, about yeah. to kill him. And he's like, "No, I need save Martha. Tell Martha, save Martha." And he's like, "Martha." Now, both of their moms <laughs> are named Martha, right? Yeah. Superman's adopted. Mother, right, is Earth Mar- Mother, yeah. Martha Kent, and then there's uh, Mar- Martha, Martha's um, Martha Wayne, or whatever. Yeah. 
answer. Ah, Martha, how do you know Martha? Because they think they're talking about the same person. Mm-hmm. But they're not. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, they used that whole coincidental thing to prove that, you know, I, that stopped two, you know, s- superheroes from fighting. I'm like, and I look at that. I, look, I looked at my dad and my brother as I was watching. I was like, really? <laughs> is, this what we, is this what we were used to? <laughs> they stopped fighting because of that? <laughs> um, <laughs> so stupid. Um, I'm the stupidest movie in my it, head right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really a stupidest. Yeah, and, and up until then it was okay, and that's what made it a bad movie in my eyes. Because uh, it's like they they had to find some reason to, to stop fighting. And out of all the screen directors and screenwriters and directors, producers and film studios that's and the viewers, that's the best you can come up with. Martha, <laughs> really? So, so they're not related at all. They they're just not. Happen to have a same same name. They stop fighting. And that was the end of the movie. But, no, there was uh, a, there's a climax. Yeah, yeah, but that, that was that was that was the end of the Batman versus Superman. Oh, part of it. They started to team up after that, right? Oh, okay. Gotcha. You, see, you see what I'm saying? So, like, um, <laughs> so it's like, it, it, and, and with Justice League, they didn't properly release things in order right so i think wonder woman came out a couple months before a few yeah a few months before and wonder woman was a success um because they because everyone loves gal gadot yeah no no because Zack <laughs> snyder was not involved even better <laughs> they had they had a, and everyone a loves original director <laughs> with original ideas and it wasn't the super dark film right Right, like, like uh, Zack Snyder wanted to like constantly make these dark films, dark and, edgy, and yeah. uh, dark edgy. Like Superman's not dark and edgy; he's like a goody two shoes. I must preserve America for the sake of democracy. Do do do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he tried to make him like this dark, gritty, brooding, brooding, sad. Now I get that for Batman, but not for Superman. Yeah, yeah. Sad, sad, yeah. Batman's supposed to be sad, dark, brooding. At least, in, yeah. Yeah. Where, where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so where's Rachel from Dark Knight? So or Batman Begins? Yeah, I forget. Yeah. Watch yeah. those someday. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, the Joker. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't think Aquaman came out after. 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 Justice. That's when Aquaman was revealed. Aquaman. The Aquaman movie came out after. So a lot of people that are mainstream, mainstream, not comic book fans, they come like, who's, who's this guy coming out of the ocean? What? Why? What? What? <laughs> and he's not campy? What? Yeah. Cyborg, I saw him on Teen Titans. He looks different. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they didn't do, they tried to rush. Uh, My man. <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to rush a an, an ensemble. I think that's the term. An ensemble, yeah, an ensemble movie. An ensemble cast without knowing who half the people are. Twitch, 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 twitch. <laughs> Which it, it goes into my own issue about origin stories, right? But, you know, with Marvel, yeah, you have to have them. And with DC, you have to have them. But you don't have the origin stories after the ensemble. After the fact, yeah. Um, and um, I, I could, you know, a lot of people took Justice League's criticism, right? And they, uh, you know, Aquaman was a pretty decent film, right? It was an origin story. Decent but, at best, yeah. Yeah, but it... it Good acting, good good plot, you know. Mm-hmm. They they respected that people already knew who he was from Justice League, um, and not Zack Snyder. Yeah, and here's and here's the problem <laughs> of the different problem with Batman, right? The Batman that's in Justice League and the Batman film that's coming out, two different actors. Yeah. Like you had uh, 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 Ben Affleck, 
Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, and then now a different, a different actor is playing Batman, but Ben Affleck's being a director now or a producer. Producer. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I feel DC films, with with coming back to the Zack Snyder cut, right? It's like okay, you can fix the film, but I I, I don't think having an original director's cut is going to fix the underlying flaws of that film. So, on that note, right? So. Let's bring it around to video games. Can you fix a bad video game? And the reason I ask that question mm -hmm. in the light I am is because we've seen quote unquote bad video games get fixed and quote unquote mm -hmm. with air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. You can always patch in a bad video game after the fact. I'm quoting No Man's Sky, not to like keep beating a dead horse, but let's be honest, the game, whatever the problems were at the time, overhyping it, whatever it was, right? Right. Um, features, and it was, it was bad, right? I still really don't know what- No Man's Sky was? Yeah, I remember talking to you about it earlier, mm -hmm. and I forgot everything about this game. Okay, it so- It just made it out to be a terrible um, game. <laughs> I, I might be getting the names wrong, but, um, so, so there's been a lot of criticism about No Man's Sky. Um, when I first learned about No Man's Sky during my day job when I worked out here in California, mm -hmm. one of my co-workers um, was a big, he was like, this is going to be the best game ever. He would he would talk about it every single day mm -hmm. to, to me and, and Matt, uh, Matthew Estrada, who, who works, who's one of the co-owners now. Um, and he would, he would talk to us about like, this is going to be the best game in existence. Um, hands down. Hands down. Like there's like billions of planets that you can explore. Each will be um, unique. Each will be completely unique. There will be multiplayer online. And these were all promises by the director of the game. His name is Sean Murray. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Sean Murray of Hello Games, right? And, uh, you know, he he just went on interviews. Will I have this? Yeah, I'll have that. And will <laughs> I have this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it built up this insurmountable amount of hype. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, that people like this... Nomad Sky is going to be the, one of the greatest games of all time, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, everybody saw that. And then, um, like, right before, and I might be getting the details wrong on this because I'm going off of my head, right? Mm -hmm. But right beforehand, Sean Murray made a tweet like, yeah, some things that I promised may may not be in the game. Um, and a lot? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they put a block on reviews, which is a one of the biggest red flags that you can have is ever that, of all time yeah, yeah. if you're mm -hmm. putting a block on review something's wrong right why yeah. would you want people talking about your game um but it, and then it came out it's like no man's sky it's a bunch of broken promises people said that he made the, for example he made the promise that oh you would never be able to run into another player it's completely unlikely because there's billions of planets and blah 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 and some and then day one somebody <laughs> streamed it's like all right i'm at this coordinates on this thing and somebody else is like yeah i'm here i don't see you <laughs> i don't see you either you know oh and so so you know they started saying oh sean murray's a liar sean murray can't do this you know and you know there was this it's on wikipedia's worst games of all time list yep because um of all this stuff right you mm -hmm. know and you don't use wikipedia as a source but Girl learn the hard way. Girl learn the hard way. That's a different story for another time. But um, <laughs> I love that story. But but uh, um, but you know, if you look at the sources within Wikipedia, decided to you know, you can see all these interviews where Sean Murray talked about all these promises that he can't keep. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So, so you know, it had this huge amount of negative backlash to it. Um, huge. And, you know, they think Hello Games, which is the, the company, um, they, they pretty much went silent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, they've, they've slowly implemented uh, free, free DLC patches. Free DLC patches to update the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and get it to... The, they, they eventually put in... I haven't, I've never played No Man's Sky, but they, from what I understand, you know, they, they've eventually put in all the stuff that was missing. Mm-hmm. They addressed all the criticisms. But that initial, that initial backlash, right? That really hurt their reputation, right? And it's now a case study for what you can and can't promise in a game, right? Mm-hmm. Before No Man's Sky came out with with Wimby, I would make all these promises and sell cheer. Yeah, we're gonna release it in August of 2012. Yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna have 12 chapters. We have all these characters. We're gonna have dozens of team attacks. And it was No Man's Sky which really taught me that hey, I need to shut up, right? <laughs> I it, unless. Thank unless, you. Unless something, <laughs> unless something, unless something, I took the stance after No Man's Sky. Unless something is actually implemented in game and we can demonstrate it, I'm not gonna talk about it, right? Um, Genius. Yeah, well, yeah, and and it keeps what it a keeps, concept. Yeah, it keeps people's expectations reasonable on on what to expect. There's that word again, reasonable expectations. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we we had kind of done that with with the games that we have now. There's a lot of games we can't talk about. We 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 may even announce them in the past, but we just kept our, our mouths quiet on it until we have something that we can be able to show, right? Demonstrable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to be have something that we can wow people over before we can show it to the public. Mm-hmm. Because if if we announce it too early, people are going to get that expectation. Where is it? You promised this six, six months ago. And you know, you said this was gonna be in it, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And No Man's Sky really taught me how to keep my mouth shut on that. Right. So can can we say objectively speaking, was No Man's Sky fixed? You kind of alluded to that. But... I, I'm not a player of the game, but mm-hmm. I, I imagine if somebody commenting on this podcast that that is a, a fan of No Man's Sky. They would probably say yeah, that, that yes, it would probably be fixed. I, now. I think IGN re-reviewed it, mm-hmm. you know, after the fact, mm. and they they scored it just a touch higher, maybe a few <laughs> points higher. But I think the the overwhelming reaction to it was it was still, mm-hmm. you know, its 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 flaws can't be addressed by just you know. I I played a I played a game that that went went through a, a very similar process as No Man's Sky, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. So uh, Final Fantasy XIV came out ten years ago in 2010, right? It was going to be like this next-gen uh, MMO title um, that that it's was going, huh? It's yeah, been that long, wow. Yeah, and uh, I was excited for it. Right? I remember. I played it in the beta phases. I remember. And I and and um, Square Enix, which is the company that makes Final Fantasy, they said mm-hmm. that. They had a philosophy with their prior MMO, Final Fantasy XI, that hey, anything could be fixed over a patch. That's what you kind of just mentioned earlier. And so they released Final Fantasy XIV with this mentality. And they had a lot of unfinished game systems. You couldn't even complete the story, right? Um, there was there was no there was no balance between the the different character classes. And it was it was released as like a negative a widely negative thing it was 40 40 out of 100 4 out of 10 6 out of 10. Critic, IGN, yeah, yeah. yeah and so um 
a couple months later, they, they said, hey, we're removing the director and the producer from the project. The pro producer was removed from the project entirely. The director was demoted to lead game designer. And they brought in this new guy from another, uh, another team, another game. Mm -hmm. His name was Naoki Yoshida. To, and I, to clean up shop, yeah. To clean up shop. And I've met him a few times at E3 and, and at, at various fan festivals. I remember Gerber swooned. Yeah, I swooned, yeah. He, <laughs> he, total fanboy. Total fanboy, right? Because he, he, he took the title as, I'm not going to be just the producer. I'm not going to be just the director. I'm going to be the producer and the director. And I was just like, wow, like somebody can be both of those titles. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, I'm gonna make all these design decisions. I'm gonna do all of this. I'm gonna put the game back together. And people thought he was absolutely crazy. And like, he is. And he is crazy. <laughs> he, he says he only gets like a few hours of sleep each night or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and and uh, it took it took him about three years to to fix Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm -hmm. And they they did just like what they did with No Man's Sky. They re-released it. It was called Final Fantasy XIV: A Realm of War. Mm -hmm. uh, they released the 2013, and it got eight out of 10s, nine out of 10s, and he was promoted to be like a senior director for like almost all the, the, the whole Final Fantasy series. Right. Um, for the five, they have like a Final Fantasy committee or something with like all the different producers. And he was promoted to be one of them. And he's like a senior vice president and stuff now of the whole division. There you he, go, boy. Yeah, because he saved, he, saved <laughs> the, he saved the whole thing. with millions of dollars down the tubes. Damn. Um, uh, and that's an, another example of a game that... And it, it, it is the second most popular uh, subscription MMO behind World of Warcraft now. From a failure. Madre de Dios. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So... It, Games can really turn themselves around if they put enough work and passion and love into it. Mm -hmm. It used to be the thing that if it was done, that was it. Right? right. And there's been so many games that have like, oh, this this failed. Let's cut our losses. Let's move on. We've done that with some of our projects too. Um, and um, you just got to really see like, is there a di is there really a diamond in this rough? Can this really be salvaged? And you know, that's not a decision one person can make. No. Because. Um, when Naoki Yoshida, they did interviews with him, and he, they, the, the corporate asked him, like, what are our options? And he said, I can try to rebuild the game as it is now, and you'll just be a middling success at most, or we can tear this whole thing down, bring a whole meteor on the world, and rebuild the whole damn thing from scratch. And Square is like, that sounds like a crazy idea. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah. That did happen, right? Oh yeah, they brought. Yeah. The, they became part. Of, it, became, <laughs> it became part of the lore. Yeah. They brought a little oh, okay. meteor down, and they carried over all the characters. The new thing they were time traveled into the future. Um, I remember Grover posting a picture when that happened of him and his guild, yeah, or whatever, <laughs> watching the meteor come, come down. down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like a live event. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. And and what what they did was they said connection to the host was lost. And then they released like a CG movie of all of us looking down at this meteor. It's coming down, oh, crashing. I, I will link it. I'll probably link it when this thing goes live okay. of, the, of the meteor coming down. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was so wowed. I was like, whoa! I, get, I got that. And and they they uh <laughs> they um they spent four million dollars just on that movie with the meteor. With the CGI, they spent four million. Four mil that, that movie cost four million dollars. Because it was all high quality CG of the meteor coming down and all of them staring up and peeps this town being towns being destroyed and the dragon coming out of the meteor and setting everything on fire. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <Burn>! <laughs> 
Um, oh shoot! But yeah, but but like No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy XIV, it's still a success today. They're gonna have fan fest. They might have a fan festival later this year, depending on how things go. Um, and should have a virtual one. Why not? Yeah, they they might. It was supposed to be in San Diego, so I I, I, I think the last time we went to Mexico, I said the next time I was gonna be out here was in you, November. You did say that, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. Um, but um, there, there's one more game. Uh, how much time have we got? We got 15 minutes. 15 yeah, we still got some good time. Um, Fallout 76. Have you guys ever heard? Yes. Of Fallout 76, right? Um, that's an example of a game I feel that has not quite turned itself out around yet. Um, I know a lot of people who are big fans of Fallout, they're like, mm -hmm. this isn't even a Fallout game to me. Um, so they just introduced a new like DLC pack. Yeah. And they said, yeah, they still have a lot to learn. Um, and they're like, I see nuggets of a Fallout game here, but it's not really, still not really a Fallout game. Now, I've not played Fallout. I've met the team that did New Vegas. Uh, that was a good game. Yeah, but I, I just I, I and I have nothing against the Fallout series. I don't think it's it's bad or anything. I just right. it's just on my stack of shame. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting around to it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know they, they you know Todd Howard who directs most of the new Fallout uh, he, he directs most of the new Fallout games and he directs the, the Elder Scrolls games. Right, he's got a long track history of greatest games of all time. And he directed Fallout 76, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't quite Final Fantasy XIV where they fired him or anything like that. But he also has a notorious reputation, like the Sean Murray from Hello Games, um, where he would make promises and not keep to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there was there was a video of him uh, on YouTube of, of him like saying like in all these interviews, and the music that's playing in the background is is uh, Fleetwood. Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies, playing in the background, right? Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't think, Todd, I don't think Todd Howard, and uh, this is on defense of producers and directors everywhere. I don't think mm -hmm. Todd Howard genuinely is wanting to lie to his to, to the people on the, the interview. I, I think that there's an issue with it with uh, scope and game development. And I'm definitely guilty of this, as Celatree has been in development for ten years, right? Mm -hmm. that, that we, we think, oh yeah, this could be this could be put in, this could be doing, and we're so enthusiastic about it because we can see the whole picture, right? We can see the whole game in our heads or through our team or whatever, mm -hmm. and we realize, oh wow, we really can't get this done in time, and this has to be cut. But if we say it's going to be cut, then players are going to be really, really. Uh, upset and they'll cancel mm -hmm. pre-orders and whatnot you know and so it's like yeah it's great to make promises and build up hype but it's like where do you build the balance of what you can promise and what you can bring to the market that's a good question for jabari i mean as <laughs> as a marketing person how do you how would you propose putting a muzzle on your lead developer your programmer your director when you're like is that in the game yet no, then don't say anything. How, how would you go about it from the marketing? Stop talking. <laughs> so for uh, looking at it in a marketing way, whatever you guys are trying to develop, whatever interesting that you guys try to develop, we talk about that. That's our key thing for marketing. That's how we get people interested in the game. Mm -hmm. But when all of a sudden you guys say, oh, well, we didn't have enough time, so we have to cut it. 
then the marketing team is just like, oh, damn. Um, now we have to announce that we're taking this away from you guys. Sorry. Um, please don't get mad at us. But um, I, I um, you might have, you guys might have noticed, uh, you guys were watching the Playcrafting LA that we were in. Mm -hmm. I was there. Um, and, um, you know, some, some players were asking, um, hey, you know, is there going to be multiplayer in this, right? And it's kind of a vague question, multiplayer. It's like, well, yeah, we have plans for multiplayer. I can confirm that we are doing one to two players mm -hmm. for for uh, our upcoming game, Spellbearers. You know, there's there's other ideas that we have that we want to do that I've definitely, we've talked between the team, we want to do this. I'm not going to say what those are over the air. Right. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, we have plans to do this. But, uh, you know, anything above one to two player co-op, I can't promise will be in the game. You know, and that kind of absolves my responsibility to say, hey, you know, you said, you said at Playcrafting that that was going to be in there. Why isn't it in there? You know? Um, <laughs> and I, I've taken this in my personal life, too. Uh -huh. um, hmm. uh, we, we talk about, like, like marriage and dating and stuff. And, and, you know, instead of me saying, oh, I'm never getting married or I'm never going to do doing this, right? Or I'm never having kids. I say, I have no plans. <laughs> <laughs> take the whole, I take the whole game development thing, right? I have no plans to get married, right? Mm -hmm. And it takes that whole finality out of it. People stop, I notice people stop asking me about it once I said I have no plans as opposed to never. Right. And no plans does, it's never a definite yes and it's never a definite no. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> Safe. So, I, <laughs> so from the, the marketing point of view, it kind of undercuts you mm -hmm. in trying to get the selling points, right? Yeah. I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, you know, you're, you're banking on certain things to be in the final product, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And because we're, so, we're still pretty early in the marketing process mm -hmm. for us with um, our new team and stuff like that, right. it's been, we really haven't had that issue where I have to like backtrack what what was promised from announced. other people. Yeah. So this is a good thing. And since you already basically put your self on the muzzle about information it makes everything you muzzle yourself more, already. Yeah, yeah easier but it was it was you know think you know i'm thinking the people of of, of no man's sky and mm -hmm. fallout 76 right you know for for teaching me that hey yeah. it's sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut when it comes to game details right exactly. learning from others mistakes what a concept wow <laughs> <laughs> that's almost unheard of in, in the industry yeah. you know yeah for me when um i won't say anything to anybody else until i see it in a build mm -hmm. so every time you you put in a new build and you say okay this is what's new about it i'm like okay great let me write that down this could be this is good material yeah good content that i can use for uh marketing later on yeah so yeah like and, and that's <laughs> kind of why i show a lot of the assets and stuff i show it so one, one thing I do as a, a game producer, uh, I consider this part of my role as a producer, is that whenever somebody does something for the game, I try mm -hmm. to share it to everybody. It, mm -hmm. Not everybody, period, but everybody in the in the, in the the company. Mm -hmm. Because I notice that uh, a lot of morale goes up when they see that other people are doing things. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, we see a new monster or a new art asset. I was like, they probably don't want to see this. Like some of the other artists love seeing the other artwork because they motivate them as artists. Like, wow, okay, I didn't even think of this monster concept, right? And because, uh, and I'm not saying copying monsters or anything like that. It's just like, you know, it, it just really motivates when they see like other artists, like, wow, they were they were able to do this, this was mm -hmm. really cool. Um, 
and I, I know our, our composer is super inspired when he sees other other things and it it, 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 it motivates him to make music for our games and it's just some <laughs> of the best things that you ever heard uh, I agree with that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you've been doing a great job on keeping everybody updated on what's new and yeah. stuff like that so, it, it's, I, and I know, I know the team finds this annoying because it's like sometimes it'll be nothing, and then Grover posts something, Grover posts something, Grover posts something. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm aware of that. But I know that um, I, I would prefer that to like, is is anybody working on the project today? Uh, is what, exactly. You know, how, how, are, yeah, how are things going? You know. Um, so I, I much prefer that uh, rather rather than just be quiet on it and people are just wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had that happen where contributors stop working on their assignments because they don't see any other work being done. They're like, "Well, why should I keep working if there's nothing being done elsewhere?" Mm-hmm. We've 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 let go of people in the. I'm I'm not. It's not the place to name names or anything, but we have let go of people. No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I would I would not like for you no. to name names. No. Yeah, the yeah. HR person. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not. But but we have let go of people that that they're like, oh, I didn't know these other people were doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, they were. They they just weren't talking about it. And you have to take it upon yourself to be self motivated enough mm-hmm. to trust that everybody else is doing their job, mm-hmm. right? Even more so during this pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you have to be trusted to do things on your own. Right. You have to be. Yeah. Well, so I kind of it kind of brought everything full circle. So just yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done. Yeah, just shoot. to circle it back. So, is a quote unquote bad game redeemable? Um, it really depends. This is my 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 opinion. It really depends on how much love and work you're willing to to, to do to change things. You have mm-hmm. to be you have to be able to acknowledge that you were wrong. Um, a lot of people are not willing to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. A big thing that regained Final Fantasy players' trust is that Square Enix had all of their top producers and directors come up and, and acknowledge that Final Fantasy XIV was a bad game. They said, "We made mistakes. We took we took your play we took your play we took you players for granted. We will not do anything to tarnish our reputation, and we will do the best that we can for our our our, our customers and our players." So let's and, destroy the world. So let's destroy the world, <laughs> right? And and they they've done a great job, right? Um, mm-hmm. They 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 brought in a new team. They mm-hmm. they like the main core development team didn't change, but it was the people at the top who who had the mentality of we can fix it eventually. They were all moved off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it's just a not not a not a good game development philosophy, right? Which is kind of ironic because. Final Fantasy XI, which was done by that original producer that was taken off, was the very first console game to ever really, to ever have a patch. Mm. It was it was in the days There's where a for that. the PlayStation Two. No, it was one of the it was in the days of the PlayStation Two, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, you had to buy a hard drive accessory, which is a hundred dollars, and you had to install it in the, the the PlayStation, right, in order to play Final Fantasy XI. And you know, Final Fantasy XI is a constantly updating and evolving game, so they had to have a way to, to do things. So it's like they they call them version updates, but that was the very first iteration of a of a patch, right? In, in terms of the console game development industry, and now it's just standard. But it came developers took it for granted to just be like, we can fix anything we want. No, first impressions are important. Mm-hmm. That determines what the players are going to expect from you, and then you want to 
build off that first impression for a really long-standing fun game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, at the end of the day, Grover, can you fix a game, a bad game, and easier than you can a bad move? Like, what are the outcomes looking like? So, with a bad game, you can fix it because, um, objectively, you can fix anything in a game because you move models around, you change code, you know, it's just how much work are you willing to put into it. With a bad movie, you have to bring in all the actors again, um, you have to, <laughs> assuming they're alive, you, you bring them back and... <laughs> I'm gonna get... Shots you. fired! Well, that that's... Okay. You have to bring them in, assuming they're alive, and and and, and reshoot things and, mm-hmm. and re-edit things. And yep, they try to do that with cats, right? Cats. Star Wars, Star Wars episode Star Wars? nine. Carrie yeah. Fisher is gone. Episode nine, yeah. And they they used her footage from episode seven, mm-hmm. um, to, to and and like took in clips of things to try to. You could tell it was kind of cut together. Like, for example, Star Wars Episode Nine spoiler. Uh, Ray is saying something to uh, uh, Leia, mm-hmm. and you know, saying something unique to Star Wars Nine, mm-hmm. and it just shows Leia using footage from Episode Seven, saying "No." <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Flawless. 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 The, 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 old, the old adage was, well, fix it in post. Mm-hmm. Right? When it comes to movies. It still is. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> still is, right? <laughs> say that shit all the time. <laughs> There's the first bleep of the day. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I didn't even talk much shit in person. Bleep that too. We, we almost I tried it. to make it a family friendly stream, Jamari. <laughs> I do this for you. Wait, is that the bad word? It's gonna be a bunch of beep, beep, beep. It's beep, bad word. <laughs> Let's go through all the things that I think there, are not a, bad words. There's a radio play, right? For um, they a few voice actors play um, play the roles of diff, you know different Star Wars characters. Like mm-hmm. Tara Strong's the voice of Bubbles. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Darth Vader, right? You know, if you can properly emulate that, you're a better person than me because I can't. You know, bring bring her bring her to me. Alive. Right? But in the voice of Bubbles, right? Yeah. It's something amazing. The, the point I was trying to make, you know, the the interchangeability of, we'll fix it in post. And then we have Bubbles playing Darth Vader, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, will that ever change in, in, in movies? Will there always be a Zack Snyder cut? I, I, that well, that might be a different topic, but I, I think that um, I, I don't think. See, like, like they when, like, even when they did Star Wars Episode Nine, there was the whole thing like, oh, you know, release the uh, the other director's version of the film or something like the that. The uncut version, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The, like they had the, the the director of they had a different director for Star Wars Nine, and then they changed it to J.J. Abrams, and J.J. Abrams ruined it, rewrote it, you know. And there was a completely different well, direction. Episode seven, it was J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And then episode nine was J.J. Abrams as well. Then eight was Colin Ryan, Trevorrow. No, that was is Ryan Johnson. Oh yeah. Ryan Johnson. Colin Trevorrow was gonna do nine. Nine. Yeah, he was. And he backed out of it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, nope. I'm not. He had his own script for it. He did. He and, did. and people were saying, why don't we really, you know, have have that? You know, obviously you can't because some of the actors are gone now. Yeah. But, um, um, 
like having all these alternative versions and stuff, to me, do it right the first time. Right. I mean, that's that's one way to say it. But but with games, games with that, I mean, you have to do that too. But I, I think we should be cutting down our scope. And I, that's what we did with Solitaria. It's like, okay, it was going to be 12 chapters. It's no longer 12 chapters. It was going to be nine chapters, no longer nine chapters, right? Yeah. So we had to cut it down to a point where it's like, okay, what's reasonable? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good attitude to have anything going forward, right? What's reasonable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the... If uh, if just the, the lay person, the common person finds it, yeah, I can, I can see it happening. Right. Then that's doable, right? If, mm-hmm. But then something. That's why focus groups exist, right? That's why you <laughs> yep. you focus test and QA test and all and all that testing, right? Mm-hmm. So, Grover, this is how did you enjoy your first guest yeah. appearance on a. I'm the on the one podcast. I think I'll do this more often. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, you did an excellent job. Shoot, <laughs> I gave you, I gave you way more content than you needed, huh? No, you probably no, have no, to cut this down significantly. And, no, uh, <laughs> we won't have to do any cutting or anything over, like that. Like a little bit, five minutes over. No, sorry, yeah, yeah, five minutes or oh, so. Five minutes. Yeah, well, once we do, you know, once we finish up and stuff like that, it'll be about yeah. five minutes. Or something. We cut out all your cursing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be cut out and just be like beep 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 beep. <laughs> so that was that start with the radio play, you know. I can say that word. Oh. <laughs> star Wars is bleep. I'll go yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. I so, think I'm gonna stick around for the next episode too, huh? Yeah, we still yeah. have to. So we it. will. So, listeners, thank you for tuning in to the On The Whim podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, this will debut on Tuesday at 8 Pacific time, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Not daylight, Pacific daylight time. Pacific daylight time. Because that's, that's right. one of Grover's pet peeves, yes. listeners. So. Don't say Pacific <laughs> Standard Time. During then, daylight during time. During daylight savings. Like, why do you do this? Why? Why do? Why do? Why? <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> I understand you want to get rid of daylight savings, but you still have to abide by the rules. We voted for it. Dang it! Should be gone by now. So, um, I've been, um, I've been Paul. I'm your co-host, Paul Bella. I've been, your co-host. I've been, I've been your Paul. <laughs> I'm your Paul, listener. <laughs> Jabari Lewis Smith. Uh, guest host Grover. And, and um, that was on a whim. And that was on the whim. Tune in next time, guys. Y'all keep it nerdy.